0: Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright Mark Antony Rossi. In this, our second year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host... Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to be Human. This is your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright, host of this show. Now, we're going to move on to something a little bit more, I guess you can say, straightforward rather than some of the author ones or some of the more uh, detailed or esoteric ones. This is one that I've been hearing about a lot, and I see it a lot, so I get concerns. I figure, let's just do a, a good show to sort of... You know, uh, at least revisited the, the situation. So this is going to be episode 145, The Value of Creative Writing Coaches and Courses. I know it's been a while since i am wanting to do this. I did a mini show about this about a year ago, but I wanted to do something a little bit more extensive because I've, I've seen it more now than, than ever before. Uh, not only because of the, uh, the COVID, but you know, th- there's now other ways that people can go about this because now Zoom, which is a video service where people can sort of like FaceTime each other uh, using Zoom, it can now be done that way too. So you got, um, uh, particularly where it concerns uh, the coaches, and that's where we'll start on the show with, with the writing coaches, particularly with that, that's almost always going to be a remote situation where you're dealing with somebody online versus the email maybe or uh, uh, through a website or uh, even sometimes through the phone call. Now you can do it uh, through Zoom. You got some people doing it with Skype, which I, I guess is sort of like a, you know, a, a lower form of, of Zoom or maybe the first type of, of Zoom with that whole face, to you know, time connecting thing. But for the most part, it's not done in person when you have a a, a writing coach, uh, there are some places that do that, so don't get me wrong, it's not like there's not any experiences but most of the show is really gonna be about the ones that are not in person, okay because the only really time you're gonna have a writing coach in person is when somebody is really visiting you know like a like a, a community center where they have somebody like that that works either uh, for free for the public or, or maybe through a small fee or or even possibly uh, you know, a, a, a community a college or even an art center or possibly even just a creative art center where they have all kinds of different artistic functions and somebody or maybe even a couple of people are there. Possibly uh, being a writing coach for an individual basis or maybe even doing it in a small like a uh, set group, maybe like six or something like that. I've, I've heard of that happen before as well. That's a lot different than what we're going to be talking about, mainly because where it concerns uh, the writing coach, since it is going to be mostly uh, non-physical contact, and that's the reason why this isn't going on as much now, because of COVID, and that's just a much more difficult thing to do. Um, you don't really have a, a, a sense to use all of your faculties to judge right away if this person you, you feel is on the up and up. If there's somebody that feels like you know they could, they could really relay you something, something useful. Can they, can they teach you something, you know, et cetera. Now, not to say we're not going to say that where it concerns the the remote coach, because we are, but that's a lot different. You're really going to have to ask a lot more questions. So we'll we'll go right into that and, and go from there. Okay. Now, my experiences on both these issues, both coaches and courses, is pretty small. I, I've done some earlier in, in my in my past, uh, the like first like six or seven years of writing. A lot of it was actually overseas. Funny enough, and in Germany and elsewhere where it, it was much more common and and I, I learned a few things I, I liked the perspective that it helped me give me but in the end, for me anyway and we'll we'll talk about this in the show as well um, many of the discoveries that were necessary for me to be able to grow as a writer they, they came from my own investigation and my own practice and even my own, Uh, formation of of a self-awareness or or a self-definition or or even a self-image. That was also quite important as well. You're not always going to get that from a a coach of a course. We'll talk about that on the show, but that's the reasons why. So the show is not really about uh, praising these things because they have uses and some of them are are quite useful. And it's certainly not about bashing them because that would be idiotic. There really is a place for a coach and for a course in a person's life and you don't even have to be a beginning writer you could be coming back to us in a refreshing type of situation you know or as a refresher or something that's not that's not nothing wrong with that either so there are valid so we're going to talk about the pros and the cons i have a lot of uh, a lot of friends and a lot of people i know that do this sort of thing on a regular basis some of them do it and that's how they earn a living so um of course none of this is to uh shine any bad light on them or anything that they're doing. but if anyone knows me, including them, you know, I'm gonna speak my mind. I'm gonna speak what I feel is the truth. We're going to go over the facts of what's what's useful and what's not. and then folks can make their judgment from then. But it's not really a show about warning people like you know, when you're trying to hire you know an editor for a thousand dollars and you know that they're, they're not doing very much for you, which is unfortunately the case most of the time with that sort of thing. that that needs a warning. This, on the other hand, when I get people that talk about this subject or email me or text me or whatever, they're not usually talking about something dramatically negative. They're usually talking about um, them getting in a a rut or or they're uh, not feeling they're getting all out of it, mainly because they haven't really figured out how to manage their expectations on these sort of things. And we're going to definitely talk about that. There's definitely a small subchapter on this show about that because that's really important as well. It'd be highly unfair, you know, to go through somebody who's doing their best to give you some real basic instruction and, and, and real things that could help you, and you're like, well, I don't understand it. I'm still not a Hemingway yet. Well, definitely need to um, manage those <laughs> expectations. So, all right, let's go from here. Now, what I recommend this, when somebody connects up with a, a writing coach, and I, you know, of course, I mean connect, meaning, you know, through the internet, you know, uh, email, phone, Zoom, whatever. Um. Find out if they have references or if someone referred them to you. Find out what what, what was going on. What what did that person learn? What can they generally offer, etc.? It it doesn't hurt, hey. Especially if if you're paying them. Remember, some of these folks do this for pay, a small fee, or maybe even a large fee. And some of them do it for free. Now, I, I think for academic purposes on the show... Um, I'm not going to draw a distinction between those that do it for pay and those that do it for free. Because I really think that when we talk about this show and talk about its usefulness or sometimes not being very useful, it doesn't really matter in the end. It might matter you in terms of if you lost money out of it versus you didn't. You know, I didn't lose anything anyway. But I, I still think a person's time is important. And I still think that it's never a good idea to get things that you may later on have to unlearn or possibly even relearn, okay? So I won't make a distinction between the two. So right now I'm not really going to say whether you're paying them or not. I don't really care on the show, okay? References are important no matter what. Find out. got a couple people that said that, you know, you really had an impact. You know, they got this, they got that, whatever. I'd like to be able to talk to them first. It can't hurt to do that. I'm surprised on the few people I know that did do that that um, they got some, they got some good responses from that. A couple didn't. They're like, "Hey, you know, I don't have time for that." Okay, I, I always say that when you're dealing with someone like this, whether they're an instructor in the in the actual course or if they are just a just a coach uh, doing this, that. They, they shouldn't be defensive and and they shouldn't be uh, obscure and they shouldn't be secretive and they shouldn't be hidden. They shouldn't be some complicated question that you're asking, you know, especially if the person is not even doing it for money. And I've had some folks literally say that the guy said, hey, you know, I guess you can go elsewhere then and have a good day. I, I guess you can, because that's not really a, I feel, a professional response. You know, people have a right to ask that sort of question. I happen to think it's important. I think you'll feel a lot better. And you might even feel your selection is a lot better if you do that. Because it's not like you're going to some internet listing, you know, where this person's in this, you know, incredible, um, you know, listing of uh, all the great things they did to help writers. And they're registered on this. And they got a diploma for that. And this, that, whatever. You're not going to find that, okay? In in a university setting. And a course, yeah, you're going to. But... That's already a given. You're not really going to have a, a creative writing instructor at a college that don't at least have a bachelor's degree, that hasn't at least, you know, done this course a few times, and hasn't probably even done a book or a series of articles or something along the line of what they're what they're teaching about. So, actually, usually in, in a handout or a flyer or whatever, you're going to find uh, folks that that's already listed, so that that's already going to be there. It's not going to mean something you have to you know investigate. Yeah, so there's really nothing uh, wrong with doing that, and I urge you that's the first thing you want to do once you make contact. You know, it, it really is. Uh, some folks that, that want to do uh, this next thing, and I'm not really sure if, if I push it or not. It's it's really up to you. It's a very personal thing. Some want literally want to know. You know, what have you written? What can I see about what you've done? Have you done a book, this, that, whatever? That's really up to you. I mean, I really think that, especially with a, with a writing coach, if you're not in, in a pay situation, you know, I'm not sure if it matters. If they got references saying they help people, then they help people. You know, you can probably go with that. Maybe it matters more when you're paying a lot more money at a, at a creative writing course in, in, a, in, a, in a college or something. You know, where you're just doing as a standalone thing. Where maybe that may be more important to you. If I'm giving you, you know, X amount of dollars, you know, I'd like to know that you've done something more than just sit in this classroom and talk about Shakespeare all day. So, I mean, maybe that, it, maybe that, it, there's some merit to that. That's really gonna be uh, uh, up to you. It, it really is. I mean, it can't hurt to ask, though. But I don't know if you need to make that a firm requirement. That's all I'm saying. Now, some of the things that I I feel really have some serious gravity. On the on the issue with uh, with the writing coaches, ask questions about the assignments they want to do. Each coach has a different method or a different way of going about trying to help somebody, you know, to become uh, either a writer or become a better writer, become more self-aware, so they can become a writer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So ask about some of the assignments. I mean, sometimes they could be as you know as uh, unusual as uh, you know you're just doing a bunch of outlines to a whole bunch of classic novels or something. It, it, it's not an unusual thing for, uh, for a coach to ask to do this, or even in a writing course. In fact, you'll find it in many instances, at least once during that whole process, you're going to have to at least do that, sometimes more than once. But you, you want to ask the question about where is the relevancy on this? Am I, what am I doing this for? What am I supposed to be getting out of this? That's really what's important, because I always find that no matter what exercise a person asks you to do, If they're not telling you why you're doing it, what you're going to get out of it, it becomes pointless then. It shouldn't be some secret. This is in the military. Do what I say. You don't have to ask. This is not that at all. Okay? (laughs) This is writing. This is creativity. You should be asking the question, and you should know why. Maybe it's not entirely relevant to what you think is important in your writing. Maybe this is not the person you want to go with. You know, some people have a distinct thing on what they want to do with writing. And maybe they don't feel that's going to do anything for them. You know, so you need to find that out. And they should be able to easily explain to you why. It shouldn't be uh, just, uh, it'll help, you know, initiate the creative energy inside your soul. You know, if someone's giving you some half-assed Buddhist nonsense, okay, or, or some of this pseudo Zen crap, you know, you might you might want to walk away then. 'Cause to me those are not answers. Those are not creative answers, they're not writing answers. There's just sort of that, that, that nonsense philosophy you see on, on Facebook, on social media all the time. It makes everybody feel good, but does it do anything to help you? No, not really. As a writer, especially if you're becoming a writer or you're trying to become a writer, you're gonna have to tackle all kinds of things, creative and otherwise, in your life. So cute phrases are not gonna help you. All right? They're really not. Next thing I would say is, try to find out from this creative coach, you know, what do they what do they have? Do they have a formal structure? Do they have a goal in mind for you or for others? Um, when does this end? I mean, not to make a, a joke out of this, but one of the things that um, that General Powell Colin Powell had said about the uh, about the Vietnam uh, War was is that. If you don't have an exit strategy, what's the point of entering then? You need to know when you need to be leaving, when your job is done. You know, and when he went and approached that, you know, in other wars after after Vietnam, that was the greatest lesson he'd learned. Well, I, I say that's the same thing for when you go into any kind of course. I don't care if it's plumbing or refrigeration or writing, Don't matter what it is, you know. It's not improper to ask. It's not unprofessional to ask. It's certainly not impromptu to ask, okay, I know when this begins, when does this end? Where do I get something from this? When do after I do this, that, and do that, that, that I know that I can, you know, maybe go on to something else. Or maybe I'm free to do some of my own things. Or, or maybe I could start learning to incorporate those things. When does that end? You need to know the extra strategy and, and with a writing coach or, or with a creative writing course, just the same as anything else. And I think it's important to do so. Probably even more so with a writing coach because it might not be as structured. I mean, I know people that said, I've still worked with the same writing coach for over two years. Now, folks, I don't really have an opinion on some arbitrary date of when it shouldn't end or when you're supposed to like say this is enough, whether you're paying for it or not. I really don't. I don't know if it's three months, six months, five years, 20 years. I don't really know. I honestly don't. But I would think that the person that's teaching you based on when they get some kind of an assessment of where they might feel you're at, they should be able to give you some kind of a notion at least. And then you go from there. But I think it's important to know because I I feel that it puts a lot of undue stress, even duress, on someone that's trying to learn when they're like, "Uh, this could go on forever. What am I learning this? When am I doing that? That's why it's really important that things are spelled out and clear. Even if it turns out the person says, this is going to be a long process, I think we need to do about a year. You know then you'd be able to understand where they're coming from. This is what they're starting me to do, this is what I'm doing next,. Da, 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 da. There's a process. There, there's a, you know an assembly line uh, of, of logic and, and some common sense, you know creative exercises and, and all of that. But they have to make some sense. If they don't make sense then that's a problem then because that is that person's job, it don't matter whether they're being paid or not to make sure that it makes sense, that it becomes relevant to you, you know, as a writer. And if it doesn't, well then you have to you have to concern yourself with why am I here then? And what I'm gonna get out of this. And those are the next big questions. I know you would think those would be the first ones, but they're not. Why am I here with this creative coach and what am I going to get out of it? Those are the things that you really need to be asking yourself as much as the the, the creative coach. Why am I here? What have you assessed from you know what I've given you so far that I can do and what I can't do and etc. Express your own goals too, folks. And not the goals of, you know, I can't wait to get away to this thing in July. I want to be done. No, I don't mean that kind of goal. The goal of what you're trying to do. You know, I want to be a, a decent enough poet to really get some stuff out there and start publishing. You know, I, I want to... Um, you know, put together a novel and, and and get that published. You know, I want to do a series of articles on this and that. Obviously, if you have goals like, a, you know, being a playwright or being a screenplay writer or a teleplay writer, it's not the same thing for these kind of creative writing courses. They don't normally touch upon that unless they're on that specialized subject, which is not what this show is going to be about. This is going to be about the creative coaches and the creative courses that deal with poetry fiction, uh, nonfiction, even even uh, the novelization of things that that's that's pretty much what it's going to be. We're not going to go into the uh, the more sophisticated and, and more uh, complicated forms where honestly a coach and 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 a, and a writing course might not be enough. It has to be a, a much longer process. It's not the same thing. And maybe one day we'll have something a little bit more long form on that, but not not at this moment. Now, Keep in mind that, and, and I, I've seen this happen a lot, and I'm not really that comfortable with it because sometimes I get to be on both sides of the fence. I have enough relationships with people that I know, the, the writing course uh, instructors and, and the writing coaches, as much as I know lots of the people that have that are students in some of these places, some of them with the very same people I'm talking about and others not. But uh, I've seen this too often where um, they're not always listening to that coach or to that instructor or to that teacher and they're often doing things on the side or maybe getting different advice or maybe looking at here and looking at there and i'm not saying don't do that in the sense that you know you're a free person you know if you think you've seen something on google that could be helpful or something so you i'm not saying go to a, a, go grab it and, and do something what i am saying is this when you find somebody that answers those questions and, and you feel that they're on the, the correct road, so to speak, whether you're sitting down in the classroom or you're, you're doing this you know, online or whatever you know, with a coach on a remote basis. You're really committing to them as much as they're committing to you. So doing all these other things on the side, I, I don't really think, it, it, to me, it's really the best thing to do. Mainly because in the end, if they're telling you you shouldn't do this because they want you to focus on something else, you know, you, you have an obligation to listen because if you don't and you're telling them something different, then what are you doing? Already you're you're not being honest. You can't get anything out of any of these things, you know, if you're not being honest. And it's a really, uh, I feel, a, a incredibly unfair thing, you know, to say uh, this coach is, is this or this coach is not doing that or this coach is not effective if you haven't really been listening. If you're off there doing 20 other different things that have nothing to do with that. Because those things can be confusing, and in the end, you undermine your own learning, and, and maybe you might even undermine what that person is trying to do. Then, how fair is that assessment of you of them, if you're doing all this crap on the side? You know, it's almost like you know blaming your wife for being a bad wife while you're cheating on her. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You you don't really see the conflict of interest there, because well, there really is. So you just got to try to keep that in mind. Now, am I saying that you need to religiously uh, prescribe to and do every single thing exactly like the uh, coach or instructor is saying? No, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying if they say stay away from doing this and so don't do that for a while because they want you to concentrate on this, you know, it's advice you should do. If you really feel the advice is poor, if you really feel that that's a problem, then you need to bring that up right there up front with, with the coach or the teacher you shouldn't be doing stuff on your side without having an honest conversation you're not going to get anything out of anybody you know without an honest flow back and forth maybe they'll rethink what they want to do maybe they think you need to do something else because possibly you're not ready from from what you're saying you know Or, or maybe you need to rethink that this is really the right person for you maybe this isn't but in the end you have to stick with somebody if you want to go about this path. And you can't go around changing people like you're changing underwear just because you don't like the, the waistband or you don't like the brand or something. You know, in the end, if you can't stick and follow through with anybody, none of this stuff's gonna work anyway. And then you just you're just defeating all you're trying to do. Okay? You can't be there. And if you want to be that person, you wanna be that, that rebellious individual, or you just really think that this is something you should discover and do on your own, well great then. Go discover it and do it on your own. You don't need these folks then. Go do that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's ultimately what I decided to do. But guess what, folks? That's not an easy path. It's not even a path that I preach to people. I tell people, yeah, you have to often do something like that. But uh, I had a much much harder and longer road than most people do. I mean, it literally took years. I literally had to invent another form of flash fiction just so I can enter the short fiction field. Because I could not... For the life of me, figure out how other people were doing things no matter what I did to try to copy, mimic whatever came out like crap. I had to come up with my own type of form of, of connecting with it and once I did, that's what I've stuck with and I'm comfortable with I've, I'm even going to teach you an instructor course on it on this show about I, what, what, I, what I've put together call it concrete minimalism but that's what I've did. I'm not saying that you have to do that, but I'm saying that sometimes that sort of thing is necessary. I had to go that route. And I did it because it was necessary for me. It's not going to be necessary for everybody to do something like that. And guess what? You might do portions of this anyway. I know plenty of people that went through a coach, went through a course even on top of that, and then still did their own stuff and put it all together until they came along with their own type of formula that helped them get what they needed to get done. You might have to do a combination of things. There might not be one thing that's going to do it for you. That's fine. We're all different levels of comprehension the talents and talents and, and quite frankly, uh, neurosis. <laughs> you know, we all have that, so we got to figure out our own way. And sometimes the good thing about a coach or even a, a, a course instructor is, is that even when they don't realize it, they could be helping you point to the correct way just because of what you're doing. Sometimes them instructing you on things that you normally don't do takes you out of your element, and being out of that element can allow you to see things in a, in a clearer fashion because you're stepping aside. You know, you you're, you're putting yourself back to where now you can see the forest, not just the trees. I see it all. That's important. Because the more you see, the more you become comfortable. The more you become comfortable, the more you're going to become confident. The more you feel confident. Your writing is going to have an impact. You'll be able to see the good and the bad, you know, and the ugly, like they say. So that's the reason why that that that's important. Now, switching over to uh, courses, this is going to be a, a much more formal setting. Okay, uh, the uh, creative writer instructor in a course is really going to actually uh, work on something that is pretty structured. They're literally going to have something they can actually give you on paper. Week one, we're going to do this. Week two, we're going to do that. Week three, we're going to do that. For those of you that like that kind of structure, this is, that's a perfect environment for you. Some of them actually do that on the internet now, too, because you know a lot of the classroom stuff has been stopped because of COVID. Well, and sometimes they even do it in Zoom. I know a few people that Zoomed their way through a couple of courses. Doing the same thing, of course. That's going to be highly structured, okay? Sometimes, depending on the personality of the writer-to-be, or maybe even the writer doing this as a refreshing type of situation, they might feel that a coach is better for them because that's somebody they can communicate with directly. That's somebody that maybe they can move the needle here and there based on their own feelings or or emotions or thoughts or, or how they want to go about things. They feel that there's more of a sense of freedom by by working with a coach. Because the coach might say, okay, if you really feel passionate about this thing, let's go work on that first. You know, a coach can do that. Some of them could be structured too, don't get me wrong. They're not all going to do this, but a lot of them will. Where when you have somebody that's a, a, an instructor in a creative writing course, there's not really a lot of room for them to do that. They need you to follow along with, with what they put together. Now, inside that particular lesson or that particular step, or that particular week, or whatever they want to call that, you know, that jut that of time, you could have some room to do stuff. But it's not like you could just, you know, raise your hand on Zoom and stuff. Yeah, I know week four is on poetry, man, but you think we could talk about drama? Uh, no, we can't, okay? Now quiet and go back to what they're doing. All right, so you don't have that kind of room, and you don't have that kind of freedom. It just depends on what's important for you, on why you're going with this person in the first place. Some people don't like that kind of freedom. They prefer the structure because it helps them stay on course. It helps them put together notes. It helps them to be concentrate and focus, not on what they're learning at the time that they're learning it, but also later on when they have, you know, what you might want to call homework. All that just seems to be in line, and and that works for some people. Some people need that when they're doing this. You know, I, I always find it funny that some of the, um, The most creatively footloose type of people, when it comes to something like this, they tend to be very structured. But you feel that they're different because of the way they talk or how they act or maybe even uh, some of their ideas or even some of their writing. And you're like, what? And then you find out they're actually pretty structured people. Because guess what? For some folks to create, they need the structure to create something that maybe don't have structure. I know it sounds like it's uh, dynamically opposed But I don't really think that it is because it's really just about what made you comfortable to do that creative project. Or even in this case, what makes you comfortable to continue on learning in that creative manner. So some people have a real need for structure and some don't. And you're going to find most creative writing courses, you know, probably 9 out of 10, if not 10 out of 10, are very close to doing that because they have to. They have to uh, be accountable to someone above them about what they're teaching. Uh, They do have some goal-oriented tasks, maybe on each week or each assignment or at the end of the course or whatever, but there's something going to be there. And you can't measure that if you don't have any structure to get there. So that's another reason why, too. It just just makes sort of a a good sense. And, of course, again, um, very good chance that you're going to be in a setting where it's a paid setting. So, again... It makes no sense to ask people to fork over a lot of money, and you don't have some sort of, uh, you know, mini syllabus. You don't have some sort of course structure. You don't have some kind of goal in mind. you don't, you, you got to be able to present something other than, hi, I'm Jack, and I read a few books, and I'm pretty smart, and uh, my tie is rocking and rolling here this morning, and we're going to talk about uh, composition of the essay. You know what I mean? Come on. It's just, that's not going to do it, so that's the reason why and and you can see the logic in it and quite frankly i think some people feel more secure that 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 is done i know i know some people that literally told me in private you know i want that we're going with the course that seemed like it had most of its act together and what they meant by that is it had superstructure everywhere, you could follow everything, you know, you could follow on the internet, you could follow by a piece of paper that you could print out, you know And I mean, lessons made some sense, e- each one's connected to each other, they had goals in mind, you did an exercise uh, to help you get there, blah blah blah, you know, just, just the whole layout, from the beginning to the end. You know, the only informal part was, my name was Jack Parsons, that was about it, other than that, it went right into stuff, boom. Not much small talk, not much playing around, not much... I'll tell you the story about one time when I was in college and we talked about Shakespeare and how it's incredibly violent and how we make fun of video games, but Shakespeare was even more violent than video games. (laughs) Ha ha, let me tell you this example. Nothing like that, okay? So, you're not going to have room for that because it's so darn structured. And that's not a bad thing. It just depends on what, what you're willing to, to work with and what you're willing to tolerate. Or maybe what gets you in gear. We all have a different way of getting gear about things. I remember when I was in California and uh, I'm writing some plays on the beach. And the only reason I did that is because I'm not a beach person, okay? I'm from New Jersey. So I could care less about the ocean and sand crabs and sand and all that stuff. In fact, I love the beach. If it didn't have uh, you know heat and sand and water, I think it would be a great place, okay? But it's not. But they had some great uh, benches over there. Nobody would bother you. But I literally was kind of over here and somebody like, doing like, a, a creative like writing course on the beach with a bunch of people just sitting down. I don't understand how anybody's learning in that circumstance, to be honest with you, okay? All right? Because I'm sitting there writing plays and I'm still looking over the girl that's walking by, okay? I, I mean, and, and I'm still here in the ocean sometimes. And, and, and unlike lots of people... It's not a relaxing thing to me. Okay, I'm like the I'm like the New Jersey City guy. Uh, it would be nice if the ocean could stop for a little while. I'm tired of this freaking noise. I mean, really, that's just that's just me. That's how, that's how I grew up. I didn't grow up near that, so I didn't appreciate it the same way. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like I want to nuke the ocean or hope it dies. Okay, I understand how important it is. You know, at times I it's even I can even appreciate it, but uh, I'm not in love with it. Okay might have been more in love with the girl that walked by as I was trying to write a play, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't know how the heck they, they concentrate. Women walking on by, people saying hello. You got sand going up into your butt. You know what I mean? The instructor herself, a middle-aged woman, wasn't looking too bad in a bathing suit as well. I, mostly guys staring at her. I don't, I don't know what you're learning on that thing, but that's what they were doing. I'm just sitting there laughing, you know. Uh, back then I would do more of an outline of a play than anything else. I wouldn't just sit there and write the play from scratch. I was writing based on an outline I already put together weeks uh, uh, ago. And so I finally had some time to sit down and feel like I can do it. And that that worked out well. I got a lot of plays actually uh, done at that beach at the time. So pretty happy about that. And that worked for me. But I feel that in the end... Especially for the beginning writer. I, 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 maybe I'm old fashioned, but I really think that a, a, a beginning writer needs some form of structure. So I don't care if you're with a coach or, or you're with the course instructor or not. I really think that that's what that person needs more than anything else. I really think that, you know, in, in the hands of, of somebody that's still trying to put together who they are as a person as well as as a writer, uh, that too much freedom is just a bad thing. You get, they get silly, they get drunk, they get distracted. You know what I mean? They they go into places they shouldn't, and it might lengthen their process of really what they need to do. Whether they're better off just with some kind of a structure, where they have piece by piece what's going on. Not, it's not like something they need to do forever. But I happen to think that if I was going to do this uh, job, so to speak, as a coach or uh, as an instructor, that's how I would prefer to handle it. In fact. Those are the kind of students that I would take, because I would be choosy about, you know, no, we're not going to drift off to 17 stories about this and that and whatever. We're going to be boom, 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 boom. That would be me. And if that wasn't the person that can do that, sorry, you you need to find somebody else. Have a good day. I'm going to get somebody else that's going to, because just as much, I think, as the writer needs to try to find a coach or the instructor that fits with them, you know, I think the coach and the instructor some ways to try to do the same thing, particularly the coach where they can maybe possibly afford to be choosy and, and to turn somebody away. It's probably not so easy as a course instructor. You know what I mean? Somebody paid $650, you know. I, I think you're, um, you're you're distracted and you're eating too many gummy bears and, you know, get the hell out of here. You, you really don't have the kind of freedom to do that. You're sort of stuck with that person. I guess like a lot of college professors or instructors, they probably just feel as long as I'm doing my job and and doing my best to engage and giving them information they're really personally responsible what they're going to do next with it hopefully get something out of it take care that's how a lot of them you know go about their day I guess that's not a bad way of going about it uh, but to me it, it, it often to me it often sounds more like a job than than a, than than a, a calling and I think teaching is very important so I don't really like people that are very much nine to five about that I would prefer a teacher that, was really interested in the students, and they didn't want Jack, you know, who might be, uh, you know, picking his nose or looking at the stars or something, while he's in classroom, you know, to fail, uh, because they didn't engage in the person, help them get back on track, or help them just simply to get into the material. For me, that's a teacher. People just spouting off lessons stuff, you know. I don't know what that's supposed to be. I know, and, and it is today in today's age that's supposed to be a teacher as well. Well, I have a different feeling on that. And maybe whenever it's possible, we'll try to find someone that you feel has some kind of a passion. And you might want to say as a human being, well, Mark, how the hell do they have passion if they pretty much teach in the same damn course you know, three times a year for like 20 years in a row or something? That really just depends on their engagement with that class. You can be passionate every single time as a teacher, okay, with the same damn material, If you're engaging your class, because the class is always going to be different. You might have seven girls and four boys in this class. Next class, you might have all girls. Next class, you might have all guys. So you're going to have a different makeup. You're going to have a different mojo, a different feeling with the class. Engaging individually, each one of the ones you're going to find different people with different personalities and different traits and different talents. Or maybe people still putting together things. You know? You might have a couple people in that class that, that just came out of the closet on being gay. They might be having questions about, well, how do I fit writing into this gay life? I'm still trying to understand. Should I be a gay writer or should I be a writer that happens to be gay? All these sort of things you're going to be able to help them understand and to figure out and to make some choices on. You're not going to be dictating to anybody what to do, but you're going to lay out things that they consider that to, to, to look at. What you do in that class could set you know some, set them off in one direction or another for quite some time in some cases the rest of their writing career or their life lots of people have uh, said that this person helped me the most so that's how you know that person's passionate you'll 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 you'll, you'll you could tell that I, if you know anything about people if you know anything about body language you know when you go in there you're going to be meeting somebody for real you're going to know i don't know if you if you could tell the same thing on the on the phone or on the internet or on Zoom, maybe you can to a certain extent. I can just because you know I I have an intelligence analyst background, uh, being in the in the military, so I, I've learned a lot about that, and and it helped me throughout my entire writing career and and, and through everything else that I've that I've had to go through and, and deal with. Remember, I've been in business before, I've been in politics before, I've been in the military before, and I've been in banking before. So I'm in a lot of different fields. They all had. One element or another, people orientation to them. So learning something about people, how to get along with them, how to connect with them, how to teach them, how to know if they're being straight with you or not, has a lot to do with the body language. If you learn anything about that, you'll understand who you're dealing with before you even you know, commit to what's going on. But I'm telling you, all you have to do if you want to what I call emote the body language is ask some questions and watch how they answer them. I don't mean watch how they answer them. I don't mind just listening how they answer Watch how they answer them. That'll just tell you right there who you're dealing with. You're going to be either dealing with, oh Christ, one of these people again, they think they're going to be uh, Hawthorne after they take my class for three months. That might not be the kind of instruction you want. <laughs> okay? Because uh, they might be tired, bored, Cynical or just going through the motions because this is how they pay their rent or this is how they buy the Scooby snacks, you know, after everything's over with. You know, or you might find somebody that right there and then they're engaging with you. Well, Jim, what do you what do you want to get out of it? What are you trying to do? I I know that a lot of people in society say, Well, Mark, you know, if they ask me a question, when I ask them a question, isn't that a form of evasion? No, it's not actually. They're still responding to you. They just want to know more information so they can actually give you a proper answer. Uh, sir, um, I like to uh, get this, that, and whatever, and then they're going to have some questions for you. Okay, what do you want to get out of it? What are you trying to do? What, what, what have you done so far? In that kind of a conversation, you're going to find someone that's demonstrating interest. They're trying to learn something about you so they can give you the kind of answer that, that you, might be, you might be needing, that you might be wanting. But when they engage that way, that's important. I tell you right now, as a rule of thumb, okay? Remember, this is a the standard. There's always going to be exceptions, but the standard is is that the more somebody engages with you before a class starts, there's a good chance that that's generally what they're able to do and generally will do, particularly if you call upon them, versus people that I don't understand, Mark. He's I, I, very engaging, and then when he does the class, he's just a robot teacher. A lot of people don't actually act that way and don't really do that. I'm sure you're going to find a few exceptions, but generally, the one that engage very well before class, they're going to do the same thing. They might even have some interesting tales or stories in between and stuff that they can tell. It's not always the case with these things. They can be very regimented and very structured, and usually they won't have anything unless it's built into the course that they're telling a certain story in that course all the time because it helps demonstrate certain points that they're trying to bring out to you. Then that, that'll be different. But I mean, of a personal nature, you know, you might have coaches more that do that. But I still like it. I still prefer it. I still try to do it on this show whenever I can. It's not some time filler when I do that. I often do it because it can help me get to a point that I'm trying to make, that I might even feel when I'm on the show that I could be intellectually struggling with. Not because I don't understand it. It's just that I'm trying to filter it in a way that that's kind of going to get out to the audience so they're not scratching their heads. I don't like people listening to the show and running to Google. Because if that's the case, then I hadn't done my job on that show for that particular show. And that, that would be very disappointing. So I try not to, to have that happen. I try to do more explanation than less. Just because I think that that lends better to the show and what we're trying to do. And also I really think that in the end that helps out the listener and the writer, the, the artist, the creative person. It helps all of that out. Particularly if they could, you know, just... Dial back and listen to the show uh, part again, and you know I'm. want to show about that. I am mean, can to hear that again? Did he say this? That's another great thing about having the podcast is people can do that. So then, just not relying on their memory, or or notes, you know, they're reminded they could just say, I could go right back to that, and you can. That's what I like about the show as well. It really makes it in my in many ways a a, a, a wonderful and superior instrument for so many of these things. Now. The pros and the cons. We could talk about that on a, on, a, on a general basis. You would think that you would talk about that in the beginning of the show, but actually not, because I think it'll it, it people off too much, okay, about the pros and cons of, of coaches and, and courses. And I don't mean the pros and cons of the coaches versus the course instructors. I mean, just it is a whole category in general. That's the pros and cons we're talking about. The pros... Uh, n- naturally whether it's a, a a unstructured coach that's given more individual individualized instruction or somebody that's just doing a you know a, something that includes a syllabus an entire structured week one week two you know an, an entire whole plate of that the pros is is that especially for the beginning writer it gives them some place to start because in case you haven't realized this, and if no one hasn't, then maybe this is a good time to take account of this. Writing, especially when you're beginning to write, is very psychological. It isn't very literary. It really isn't pen to paper. It really isn't, I'm, I'm typing up something I, I feel I'm getting to be a writer. That's not really writing. To even want to be a writer or even start going on to the goal of that by you know listening these folks or working on this and that. It's a very psychological thing. You have to start getting your head around what am I thinking about? What I might want to do? Do I have some goals? There are certain things that are so important for me that I want to start getting those out once I start figuring out how to write them. So, you're going to get some of this from a course and some of this from a coach, but oftentimes you're not going to get all of it. Because what I mean psychological is, very simply, and I'm not saying you need to sort this out before you even go to see these people. These are questions that could take a while to answer anyway. So don't feel stressed about that. But, you know, matters of self-awareness. Do you have a lot of the awareness about who you are? You know? And self-awareness means that you understand your impact around other people. You know what I mean? If you're the goofy, humorous type of person, that's not like, you're not blind to that. You know, you don't go telling somebody, yeah, I'm a pretty serious dude, and everybody's like, what the hell is this guy talking about? That's so all he does is joke and play practical jokes all the time. You know that already. That's self-awareness. You know this. You also know if you're the shy individual, uh, you're the giddy girl, you're the flirt. You know what I mean? You're the you're the egghead intellectual dude. Uh, yeah, before I engage somebody, I hit them with 17,000 facts, and then if they stick around, I know that maybe they could be my friend. Yeah, okay, great. Your, your whole plan on communication is Sue who's not going to fall asleep after they're in your presence for 20 minutes. Okay? I guess that's a plan. I don't know how good of it is, but all right, you got a plan. Um, so self-awareness. Uh, self-definition. We talked about it a lot in the, uh, in the context of people who have fear or faith in, in, in their abilities and also in when they're struggling with somebody who can be a bully. And remember, a bully is not somebody in a schoolyard only. It could be a supervisor at work, just being unfair and nasty. It could be a relative. You know how many people that say, I, I don't have the family supporting me when I'm trying to do this. Which is okay. That happens. It's just That's life. If they're nasty, throwing away your pens and breaking your pencil, hiding your computer, will, uh, mock you and, and say hateful things all day, well guess what? They're becoming bullies. Period. Bullies is the more nasty, proactive way of doing things. You know, if they don't care and they don't bother it and they, don't, they just think it's stupid and never mess with you, well, then they're apathetic. That's different. You, you prefer an apathetic person in, in this situation rather than someone that's pursuing you because they just hate what you're doing. Bullies. So oftentimes the self-definition is really in relevance to that. Have you defined yourself enough that you can now stand up to the bully? Listen. If you want to watch game shows all day, okay, eat popcorn and drink soda to rot your teeth out, all right, while you're holding in your poop until you almost poop your pants, that's your business. My business over here is I'm going to learn how to write a poem because I think I'm gonna be able to express certain things. I want to put together a book one day. I wouldn't mind going out there and doing some readings as well. You can visit me, you cannot visit me, but you will be leaving me to hell alone. If you're not into it, that's fine. You're not into it, okay? I'm not over there telling you the game shows suck. And, you know, between me and you, they, they do, okay? But um, you shouldn't be saying any hey, of this is bad either. That's where you start learning about self-definition. Because self-definition is you're starting to form. This is what I want to be. This is what I feel inside I am. I'm just trying to work on doing it better. This course or this coach can possibly help me do that. Or... Understand that it just might be one way station, one train station uh, until you get to your final destination. Okay. Don't ever think and don't ever have anybody else make you think that after we're done with the coach, that's it. Now you can go off and do your own thing. You might need more instruction, you might need more advice. You might do some of your own self discovery things, this, that, whatever, improve on things, start writing. That's great. You might still feel you have more questions. You might have to go about it in a different way. You might have to go another course, so it might not end. That's not some failure. That's just simply your understanding that you could need more. So it doesn't mean you just take one and that's it. Now I'm not encouraging you one way or the other. I'm just saying that that's a real possibility, and you have to prepare yourself for that. You don't want to let yourself down for no reasons at all. You know, I I remember was talking to somebody one day, and they're like, yeah. I felt a little lost after that whole thing was over with. I I, I struggled to try to figure out this and figure out that. And I just said to him, listen, you probably need to go back into another one then. Show them what you've done on your own. Show them what you've learned. See if there's other things you need to to work on next. There's nothing wrong with that. Part of your self-definition really is making sure that you're doing the best you can to be the person that you want to be. You might be saying in that statement... I'm not there yet, Mark, but I got closer because of this instruction, then you might be saying, yeah, you need more. But sometimes people don't want to say I need more because they feel that that's some admission of weakness So that's some, some way of saying that you know they failed or they're failing. No, you're not. Nothing more important than being honest with yourself. You can't have self-definition. That makes any sense at all if you're not beginning with being straight with yourself first. Okay? It's one thing about how you're straight with the world. And we can talk about that in the future on another show. But I think the very important thing is is that you have to be straight with yourself first. Okay? I'm not suggesting you need, you need to go out there and lie to the world as you're telling yourself the truth. But uh, at least that's still a step in the right direction versus lying to yourself. Because when you lie to yourself, it won't matter what you tell the world. You're already in, in pretty damn trouble then. So let's keep that in mind. You might need more than one. That's not a bad thing. Great. If you felt you got something out of it, you're probably getting something more out of it the next time. There's nothing wrong with that. I would say yes. And I had to encourage somebody at least once in my life to do that. Others, they felt they got whatever they can get and they realized the rest of it was their own journey on self-discovery and and self-improvement. And of course, just you know, the whole process of writing and rewriting. Remember, that's ultimately the secret to all writing, is rewriting. I know it sounds like a cliche. I know I say it a lot, but that's what it is. There's no other way around that. Okay, You're not going to go to uh, a course or you're going to go to a coach and they're going to teach you how to write everything great on that first time and it's ready to go. Those are rare things. You're not going to learn that from those folks anyway. It's rare for all of us. That's why rewriting is so important, because it's so necessary. It's really how you learn better things about writing and even about yourself. Now, where it concerns self-teaching, that's where that comes in on you just exploring. Exploring things you want to try to learn. You know, I know somebody that they felt that the very best way for a person to feel strong about poetry and feel where they can get their best stamp, their own personal stamp on things was is to practice going through the, the different forms of poetry. You know what I mean? This lesson's on a haiku. This lesson's on a sonnet. This lesson is on, you know, a uh, blank verse. This lesson is on, you know, metered rhyme, etc., etc. They have, like, five or six ones. There's probably, like, 20 different versions, really. They have, like, five or six major ones they wanted the person to do. You know, to, to really, not necessarily master, but at least get a good idea of how to do that form. It made them, inside, forced to figure out how do I fit into this. And that made them more creative. That let them think in, in different ways. And that helps people lots of times to become a better writer or even, a, in this particular case, a better poet. To know where other forms are happening, where other forms can make you think or do things differently. Because when you try to figure out what yours is, in the end, you're going to have a better idea about whatever else is out there. You need to have that kind of comparison. Like we've said before, and we'll probably say it again, uh, you're not really going to break any rules if you don't even know what they are in the first place. And that's why that's a good reason to try to do some of that. Those are exercises that I can certainly endorse. I know that they work. And uh, if I was an instructor, that would be one of the first things i do, especially if the person says they want to get more involved in poetry. Right, that's, that's one of the first things they ought to be doing. You know, after they have a general idea about what poetry is about and, you know, what it's about to them and what it can be about to them. All right, folks, hopefully that was a, a big help for you on trying to understanding um, uh, not only the difference between uh, creative writing coaches and creative writing courses and, and the instructors that come with them, But some of the things that you can get from those. Don't forget folks in the end it is important to understand how to manage your expectations. I find more times than not that writing coaches no matter how honest they are don't really want to tell people maybe because they just feel it sounds rude and maybe I'm stuck having to do it because I have a show. I don't know. But if I was that instructor, God knows I'm the host on the show, so I got no problem uh, being free in, in, in my in my speech and my thought. You should manage your expectations, okay? It's it's I don't want to say the word idiotic, but it, it truly is unrealistic, okay, to think that you could take a six month writing course on the, on the structure and and you know writing of a novel, and and now you know in six months later you, you, you're gonna you're gonna be. Uh, you know, Hemingway, are you going to be uh, you know, uh, 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 Stephen King or something? I mean, it's just not realistic. Now, if you want to have that as a goal, I don't really think that's unrealistic, especially if you're really putting the time and the effort into it. Yeah, maybe that could happen. i got no problem thinking that at all, believing that. As long as I see that you're really, you know, working towards that. It's just not a you know, dream that sits on the shelf someplace. But managing your expectations is extremely critical when you're dealing with a coach or you're dealing with a course. They're not always going to tell you these sort of things. I don't know too many that say that. Hey, I'm Jim Parsons, and um, I'm going to do this uh, five-week course on uh, creative uh, uh, writing and understand it's going to really help uh, go over the elements of how you become a writer and how you become a better writer and what you should be able to do and approach things. But it, it's not really going to make you egg around Poe, okay? So let's not leave here thinking that. No one's really going to say that. But I'm telling you that. Because where obviously there's going to be differences in coaches' attitudes and, and instruction and theory, maybe even in quality, Sure. Well human that, that happens. But I think it's grossly unfair, you know, to put down any one of those folks if first of all you're not listening and we talked about that earlier in the show, you're just doing all kinds of other stuff than then what they want you to do. And second of all, if your expectations are ridiculous, okay? You're in a beginning course, okay? So a beginning course means that at the end of the course, guess what? You're still a beginner. Okay? It's just that you have more knowledge than they did before. That's you don't take the course and you become an expert, okay? You don't take the course and you suddenly, you know, the Raven. What the hell is that? That means nothing to me. I my this is better than the Raven. All right, come on. So that's what I mean by that. That has to be managed, and it's not going to be managed by the coach or by the or by the instructor. You might. I'm sure there's a few people as always, because remember, we always going to have an exception. So I'm sure there'll be somebody emailing me. But Mark, I had a coach that literally said just what you said. Great. But most of the times they won't say that. They feel that it's rude. They feel it's not their place. They certainly feel, especially if there's some kind of money involved, that this is not exactly counterintuitive to making any more money from the person if you're really telling them they're not going to be an expert, they're not going to be uh, Shakespeare or something. So don't forget manage your own expectations. You have a beginning course, well, that's where you're going to be at. If you're going in something that calls it the refreshing course, there you go. It helps refresh certain things. And so maybe you can combat something else that you're going on in your life or in your writing that helps you do that. You get an advanced course? Yeah, maybe that's going to help you become more of an advanced writer. Okay, great. But you have to manage where you're at on the situation. And this is where a lot of these folks, I think in the end, they fail because they're like, I don't understand it, Mark. I, I keep getting rejected and I, I, I did like this course and I, I thought I was ready to go. Yeah, and all I can say to somebody like that sincerely and professionally, definitely artistically, is why would you think you're ready to go? You're three weeks out of a writing course. Now you're supposed to pre putting together fully-fledged poetry that's going to get accepted in big academic and, and literary publications around the world. You don't think it's going to take a little bit more time? You don't think that you have more to investigate and more to do? Now, I'm sure there'd be a few people out of the gate that might do well in the course just because they may have some natural abilities, or they could be practicing on their own for a long time before they finally mustered up the the courage or the money or, or both, you know, to go do something like this, or maybe even the time in their schedule. But for the most people, it's going to be really a beginning type of situation. So no. It could take a while for you to be sending stuff out there. And it's never a good idea. That's why managing expectations is so important. It's not always important just that you don't want to be grossly unfair to the people that are trying to help you. But also, you don't want to be grossly unfair to yourself. If you don't manage those expectations, you're going to wind up sending out stuff that's not ready. Getting all these rejections and now you're going to say, Jeez, I guess I'm just not a writer. I guess I really suck. I guess I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, guess what? That might all be wrong. You just might be doing things in a premature manner. You're not being ready there yet. It don't take much for a poem to go from great to crappy. Just for a few adjustments that you just didn't make because you didn't know because you didn't practice enough. You didn't get enough advice. You didn't go further. So you could have been on the cusp of something and you didn't realize it. And you just give up and throw it away and that's it. Writing, unlike most fields, I'd say, Probably has the most people that dropped out that never went back to it. People get disgusted. They get discouraged. They lose hope. They lose faith. They lose money. They lose time. Maybe they just lose uh, um, just the strength to go on you know, as a human in this situation because you know they're possibly listening to people that are already saying don't do this. You're wasting your time. This and that. Whatever. So definitely manage your expectations and don't, and you can ask other people as well, okay, you can ask other folks that you might learn on the internet, you might talk to other people that are writing and stuff, ask them questions about things that you might, you might, you might feel you, you need to know about, it'll also help you manage expectations, hey, because it, it's not a bad question to ask somebody, this is, this is really part of your own self-awareness and, and self-discovery on, hey, um, I took a course and uh, I'm seeing over here that you did too, you know, um, what did you do next? Did you uh, take another one? Uh, did you just do a lot of practice and just dive into stuff to try to get better? You know, I mean, did you start submitting stuff out right away? How long did it take to, you know, to submit stuff? I mean, how long did it take before you got picked up by somebody finally? When was the first publication? You know, from when you do all these, these are all legitimate questions to ask. There's a lot of them I just gave you right there, but they're all very common ones. You should be asking those. That's how you start managing your expectations. Rather than just thinking that, you know, everything is going to be done, you know, uh, quickly, it's one of the problems with the creative arts in general, and with writing in particular, especially where it regards poetry, is we live in a society that everything wants to be quick, everything's supposed to be fast, you know. Well, I'm telling you right now, and I'm leaving the show with you understanding this: fast is not. Good. It's not wonderful. It might be great for a jet plane. Maybe even a car. But fast and most of the things that you have to deal with in your life is not good. Okay? Alright? No woman likes a fast lover. Okay? They don't. Alright? No one likes you to do something quickly, whether it's an assignment or even the job, because that automatically makes them suspicious that you didn't do it correctly. Alright? No one really likes a fast talker because they they think that the person's either just trying to elude the point or maybe they're just a damn weirdo. So fast and many things in, in in our common lives, okay, is not a good sign. So just right there alone, you could use that to help manage your expectations. You know, I took the course. You know, I did the coaching thing. You know, I've been doing some practicing. This is gonna take a while, but I'm gonna stay on to it because I think something good's gonna happen out of it. That's the best way to go about it. It's the best way to manage your expectations. And it's the best way to not be fast. Because I think that lots of people that have dropped out of writing and maybe will never come back to it again. I mean, some come back to it years later, but a lot of them don't. It's because they just simply try to accelerate things. You can't accelerate learning or meaning or understanding or even gathering enough strength to have a, a, a version of faith. That takes time. It's not something you could fast to do. Somebody doesn't fastly give you confidence. All of these are things that you work on to build up to. What does building up mean? It means gradual, slow, process by design. That doesn't sound fast, does it? No. Those are the right ways to go about things. So try not to take from society and try to put it into creativity because you're just going to get junk. You're going to get disposable junk, which is what society likes to do on a regular basis. You know? They eat and, and they throw things away. They use stuff and, and they throw stuff away. And I'm sorry to say that if you make yourself into their orbit and not realize who they are, they'll use you and throw you away. So don't be that person. Don't try to be that creative individual. Be better than that. And it's not hard to do. Just take your time ask the questions. I don't care how dumb you think they might be, how basic they might sound, how unusual and awkward they are, ask the questions. questions are extremely important. And when I find people that have lost their way, or I find people that don't know how to get out of a rut, or I find people that are wondering why they're being rejected all the time, it's because they're not asking lots of questions. They're just making a whole bunch of assumptions. I'm ready. I'm doing this now. Why are they not connecting? Well, maybe you're not connecting. Ask the questions so that can happen for you. This show will definitely help you do that. Other people will help you do that as well. Other writers, other instructors. You can As crazy as Facebook can be, you're always going to find somebody decent on there that's acting decent, saying something decent that will actually respond to you and give you a, a decent answer. You might never meet again. You'd be surprised by that. So there are people out there. Ask the questions. You'll get the answers and you'll you'll, you'll get the gist of it all. You'll get better. And you'll become the writer that you're supposed to be. Alright folks, until next time, God bless. It's Mark Antoni Rossi, Strength to be Human, The Value of Creative Writing Coaches, and Courses, episode 145. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.